Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. then almost seemed like it was kind of faded at a certain point that the Kansas City Chiefs were going to go back to the Super Bowl and Patrick Mahomes was going to walk away with his second Super Bowl win pretty much cementing him if he wasn't already as the best player in the game right now certainly the best quarterback I think we can all agree there's some Really young, exciting QBs out there that, that teams can get excited about, but nothing like the impact that Patrick Mahomes has. Man, crazy to think that he still has another decade or more if he wants to. He takes that old uh, Tom Brady path, but I'm excited. You know, it'll be great to see what this young man can accomplish if he can even get into the same echelon as uh, Mr. Thomas Brady. But you'll see. As for the Eagles, man, it's tough. That's that's a tough loss. They came really, really close. And if it wasn't for a couple of plays they'd they'd like to have back with the uh the sideline catches and the uh the Jalen Hurts fumble. Got a couple of tough calls from the refs as well. That holding call, sheesh. I still think that the Chiefs earned the win overall but man what a crazy call to me it comes down to the fact that when you look at how the game was played up until then defensive holding wasn't even something they were calling and for that minor of an infraction that late in the game that pivotal of a moment i think it just kind of goes in Along the same lines as what I've been saying about the officiating from the start of the playoffs or even throughout the year, but it just seems like officiating crews in the playoffs this year are making some really egregiously bad calls. So that's unfortunate. I'm sure there's going to be flack on the refs. I don't expect anything to really come of it because it does feel like they could pretty much just get away with with anything, with pretty much zero repercussions. But uh, what can you do to say that the Chiefs robbed the Eagles or anything like that? I just, the Eagles could have won that game despite that holding call. Just uh, just a couple of errors. And that's what happens when you play against Patrick Mahomes. That's what happened with, uh, with Joe Burrow on the Bengals uh, facing the Chiefs. It's just one too many mistakes, man. You have to play as close to a perfect game as you can. 
if you're going to try to beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. But moving forward on uh, this week's episode, we're going to have a, a nice little intimate chat with my good buddy Eric, or Acorn Dog on Sleeper, chatting about some uh, post-Super Bowl feelings on things, uh, the big coach movements, those last two slots being filled by Arizona and Indy. Going to talk a little bit about Derek Carr. What's next with Derek Carr? Where can he go that will make him a nice fantasy asset to continue to hold? Or is this for whom the bell tolls? It tolls for the Derek Carr. And then we'll just wrap it up with some uh, some discussion on this on this draft that we just finished up. The RPG Dwarves League that at Dad Bod God started. Really fun stack draft. Had some really crazy duos being chosen, especially in the uh, the later rounds there. But Eric and I will discuss our teams, discuss Evan's team a little bit, probably a couple other people's teams too. Uh, no offense to anyone. You know, that's just what we have to do. We have to uh, critique and analyze. I know that I'll be self-critiquing quite a bit. But besides all that, there's also an exciting trade on the table between Evan and I that I'm going to get Eric's opinions on, which uh, I think will be a pretty fun discussion. So we're going to take it to a, that sweet anchor ad that I know everyone loves to hear. And uh, after that, we will have uh, that full app of Eric and I chatting about post Super Bowl news. So as always, thanks for uh, stopping by and enjoy the podcast. Oh, man oh not much how are you i'm doing pretty good just cracking my first beer of the night mm, very nice i will not join you on the fun train tonight i am fighting off this headache my man we had a 30 to 40 degree temperature swing today and it just threw me off whoa wait in what direction like super hot yeah from cold to hot yeah that's that's crazy yeah that kind of weather spike i know for me whenever there's like wildfires and stuff i always get a migraine it's a lot of that just like smoke in the air but it's also the temperature like it's so much hotter and then uh or you'd be in ohio and you have headaches from chernobyl part two yeah dude that's brutal that's so bad and all because of a, a train derailment like that is such a weird thing to happen well, you say that, but since then, there's been in the news like two more just this week, like one in Texas and and I think one in Wyoming. It's the alien balloon. Well, okay, it could be aliens, but there's also the like uh, train workers strike thing that like came and went and, and got like wow. solved, you know, but like, I wonder if there's anything there where we're starting to see either like negligence or like somebody at work started saying that today. And then she went, I'm going to sit back down. I shouldn't talk politics at work. And then went back to her computer. That's smart. That's smart. And hey, that's that's probably smart for us to to keep to because that's that's not 
the kind of show we do. We we don't do a politics show. Uh, we do football. No, it's just it's just weird train chemical spillage with balloons floating around. Just weird. It's a weird week. Weird week. <laughs> the balloons are also weird. Yeah, I mean, we could definitely. I could I could talk your ear about that. I think. Um, just because, yeah what the hell is is even happening there there's so many conflicting reports and like there's the obvious caveat here of like if something is going on what would we be told versus what is actually happening because the government isn't necessarily going to come out with like the full truth uh in a lot of different ways in a lot of different things like if it was aliens if it actually was aliens and they somehow confirmed that there's no way they would tell the public for like a while and so who knows about that? If it's like oh, actual wartime thing that we need to be afraid of, I don't think they would tell us that either. So I don't know. It's crazy. Did I ever tell you my friend's theory that as time drags on, I'm actually more and more inclined to believe it? What's that? So did you notice all the weird stuff started happening around 2016, right? Mm-hmm. You know what happened in 2016? Is that Harambe? It might have been, but that's not where I was going with it. It's when the Cubs won the World Series and broke the Billy Goat curse. And he believes Pandora's box was open and everything post-Cubs winning the World Series is because of this. Okay, so... <laughs> totally wrong. What was the... What, I can't think of it off the top of my head. When is the World Series? Like, what month is that? October. Okay, you want to know what happened right before the World Series was Harambe got killed? So, so it could be like a coinciding like Harambe. Really so it's fu- it's funny, and I don't want to like make the show about this, but you can look it up. There are, I think, there's a Reddit dedicated to it, and there's like lots of weird internet conspiracy theories where people do actually think that Harambe's death was what you're talking about. Basically, that was like the splinter of like yep. we leapt from one like time zone or uh, uh like I'm time not- period like timeline yeah and then like we we leapt into like a different dimension or something like that like a lot of people attribute harambe's death to that i i it could be that and coinciding with the billy goat like just the the curse released because mm-hmm. if you look into the history of the billy goat curse it's actually kind of wild behind the cubs with them not winning for 108 years mm. you used to joke wow. about it but every year things get weirder and i'm like you know I might be becoming a conspiracy theorist believer in, in at least that. It's, you know, it's it's fun, right? Like, as long as you don't get too into the weeds with it and, like, uh, force it on others and make it, like, all you talk about, it's kind of fun to, like, believe in some conspiracy theories or just be knowledgeable about them to be like, that's a weird thing that could, that could be it. Birds aren't real. Bird, yeah, <laughs> birds aren't real. What That is one that I've heard as well. I've seen some... Some pretty funny videos about about that uh, explicitly. Oh, you're talking about actual birds. I was talking about the eagles. They weren't real this year. Oh wow, that was that was very good. I didn't see that coming. I take a little Evan stab there while he's not here. Sorry, Evan. Yeah, I mean, I I imagine we're gonna do a little bit of that at least because first thing on the docket here. I mean, unless you have, I know you have a headache, so we can expedite things. You don't have any no, other like, list. We'll be good. You have any fun things coming up? Fun things. Let's see, fun things coming up. I'm golfing a couple times this week, which will be fun. So just got to kick this nice. golfing will be good. Sounds like the weather is uh is changing up to make that more fun. Well, it is weird. Like we get this weird wonky season now where it'll be 40 degrees for three days and then it'll be 80 degrees for three days. So just messes with you. Then you hit May and then it's rain every single day at five o'clock for 30 minutes and then stop. 
every like clockwork it's very strange is that is that like tropical like kind of weather right yep and then we'll hit hurricane season so we're kind of getting to the weird weather time of the year november through march is pretty steady and now we start getting a little weird well i just uh i just booked some camping uh trip reservations for for the summer that i'm i'm very excited about because washington is is not that way we we get like the the fake spring in like april where it's like, oh, it's starting to become spring and like a little nicer out. And then like early May is usually a disaster and super rainy and cold again. And then we finally get summer in like June, July. So I booked some July camping dates to to go out there and, and spend a weekend uh, way out on the peninsula, like way, way out west. And the cool thing that I'm excited for is we booked it on the same weekend that we're supposed to be able to see like the uh, Perseid meteor showers. So we're gonna go like that's exciting. See some cool, yeah. See some I cool uh, comets like and stuff. Love nature stuff like that. Yeah, the the spot we booked is we we went there last year actually. It's like this really cool half cabin where like it's a cabin, but one of the walls is just gone and it looks over this like lake. So yeah, oh, that's awesome. Pretty excited. I'm uh in May. I'm going to an all inclusive trip to Mexico. Which is gonna be whoa hell yeah okay yeah, it's like family party time parents anniversary i turned 30 last year oh nice I turned 25 like it's just a big conglomerate oh, so you're just combining everything yeah so nice. parents 40th wedding anniversary my 30th my 24th 40th yeah their 40th wedding anniversary wow, long that's time. incredible it's incredible that's awesome uh shout out to the parents um for real time. they're doing something right <laughs> what was our I forgot one time we had a podcast where we were like, we made up something because you told us some story about your mom. We were like, what if the like lead out to the podcast is like, thank you, mom, or something or something like that. I can't remember quite what it was. I don't but... remember what it is, but I remember my favorite one was Matt Ryan's a dick. That one was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Oh, no, but that's awesome. all inclusive, too. So you're just going to live it up. It's going to be awesome. So my sister is bringing her boyfriend with. And I'm currently not dating a girl at the moment, so I'm bringing one of my boys, Carl, with, and it'll be a good time. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, that that's even better because, I mean, what a what better place to, like, meet some people oh, yeah. is, uh, yeah. is on an all-inclusive resort in Mexico. Exactly. So ha- have a wingman down there. It'll, it'll be great. I'm going to – maybe I'll, I'll do a little side thing and I'll try to record some hot football takes with random people down in Mexico. That would be sweet. And see if we can do something with that. Hell yeah. Yeah, I like it. See how many people down there are Bears fans? Zero. Um, <laughs> it's the Bears. Nobody's smart. <laughs> Stupid. All right. Well, yeah, that's that's awesome. And obviously, you know, you're dealing with a headache, so not drinking. Uh, I am definitely drinking. What you drinking? So I went to Costco, which is a very dangerous place for me to go in, in terms of buying alcohol because just the quantities. Um, so I got like a 32 pack of like four different IPA varieties. And one of them is this juicy pale ale by 20 corners. Very, very nice. It's very classic. It's hard to see because black can, but it's kind of a classic logo. I'm used to you having crazy ones. Yeah, no, no, nothing crazy on this one. Uh, But yeah, classic juicy IPA, like everything that I want it to be. So it's nice. Um, But all the other ones in this pack have been really great too. One of them was a Kolsch, which is awesome because I I haven't had too many of those. So it was nice to uh to grab that one as well. Both are popular down here. They're very very easy like light ones, which is good for Florida weather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I definitely dig that. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably put one or two of these away while we pod. 
but yeah, I mean, let's let's chow down here because because we got a lot to talk about, especially yep. you know on the on the uh, post Super Bowl feelings of uh, how how we're feeling with that, everything that went down there. Um, I don't know if you caught this today, but AJ Brown and Juju are beefing on Twitter. I saw that. I love it. That that uh Valentine that you sent in the group chat, that's what Juju tweeted. That was really funny. I know AJ Brown took it really personally, but it was really funny. <laughs> it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. I also thought that like AJ Brown definitely like you could tell he was more upset about it, but him calling Juju TikTok boy this is very, very, very good. I really, I really like. I do that. like TikTok boy. Yeah, TikTok um, boys. Really I'm all good. there for the beef because they both might be in some Super Bowls together again coming up because they both have really stacked teams that are only going to get better. So you think you think it's pretty? I I think this too, but you think writing's on the wall with Juju getting re-signed to the Chiefs because he's only on that one year deal. I think so. I think he fits really well with what they do. I, I think okay. he'll be back there. I you can't get rid of Tyreek and then Juju and you can't just keep getting rid of people and expecting randos to come in and fill that slot. Right. As good as Mahomes mm-hmm. is, you, you can't. And Kelsey's going to eventually lose a step. Well, one of my leading theories was uh, they might try to go and like squeeze some last drops of life out of Deandre Hopkins. They could do that. Uh, that would be nasty on that. That would be so nuts. I don't think there's last drops with DeAndre. I think DeAndre's got a good bit left in him. So I kind of agree with you. I kind of agree. With you. It depends on the landing spot for me. Like if he goes right. somewhere subpar, I think it'll have a lot to do actually with just. I think it'll have a lot to do with like the coaching and conditioning, like the the staff for whatever team he goes to, like just being able to deal with his. You know, he's got the hamstring problems that like definitely became more and more of a problem for like players you know like julio jones in the last couple of years where he was 30 and we were like oh well it's julio like he'll be able to like get something going but then hamstring 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 look now he's 34 and he never really managed to scrape it back together so there's definitely some danger there but i think that if he goes to somewhere like the chiefs they'll have the they'll have the motivation and the personnel to like make him last and use him yeah. right yeah they won't need him to be deandre every game right mm-hmm. they could even just say hey take a rest game every three games and it wouldn't matter for you i can't even that that like it it wrinkles my brain a little bit to think about <laughs> mahomes pass just he does he doesn't even have to be half as accurate as he no, usually is he just needs to get into the vicinity yeah i mean as good as kelsey is he's never had a hands possession receiver like Hopkins. Right. Yeah. Hopkins is on another level in terms of his receiving ability, which I know everybody's all Mr. Kelsey's greatest tight end ever, blah, 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 blah. And he's easily top three, right? Easily. Gronk is like Hopkins with Kelsey. I don't think he can mm. surpass how good Gronk is. Gronk had that insane catch radius with unbelievable blocking ability and ran better, if not just as good as Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Gronk was a monster. I don't get the Kelsey over Gronk arguments. I just, I don't. I'm not, I think it's more like one, two for me, but it is Gronk squarely. They're one, two in my books. With Shannon Sharp or Antonio Gonzalez being probably three. Well, look, like you give, you give Kelsey, like, you know, subtract Kelsey back to like, you know, he's 29 years old and Mahomes is this prolific and taking him to Super Bowls and could eventually get as many Super Bowl rings as Tom Brady, but Kelsey's not going to last that long. Just that alone, like Gronk and Brady, 
34, right? Uh, I think he'll be turning 34 this year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he could, he could go, you know, anywhere from one more year to four more years. We'll, we'll kind of see, like, uh, we're not really sure, but I don't think that the, I, I wouldn't bet on him, you know, lasting another four years to get six more rings. Well, Gronk's got four. Yeah. Right? Um, so Kelsey's halfway to four, but I just, I don't know. I think in my time watching the NFL and like, I probably started seriously following it 2006, 2007. That's where I could really comprehend and understand what I was watching. I just, I don't ever remember there being such a package of just unstoppable like Gronk is. If Kelsey wins two more Super Bowls, I we can have the discussion, I think. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yep. But he'll never be in the same realm as him blocking. You might be able to argue the pass catching and stuff like that, but the blocking will never be as good. You're like Gronk, you did not have to take out of the game ever. And he was A plus in whatever you needed him to do. Yeah. I think that's uh one of the main reasons why you can sort of um you can sort of correlate the health of Gronk and Kelsey because they never took him out of the game and look how beat up Gronk got and look how like seemingly healthy Kelsey is staying while, you know, remaining on the field, but not being used as a blocker as much of the time. I mean, the two most unstoppable plays might be the 10 yard seam route with Gronk up the middle. I mean, nobody could cover it. And now the Jalen hurts fourth and one rush automatic. You can't stop it. Tom Brady was also pretty deadly with those fourth and one conversions he was but he not as i mean dude do you think they I, if you gave them a hundred times and told them jalen hurts was going to qb sneak it a hundred times that you didn't have to worry about anything else do you think they stopped them once i think not and but i also think that that play is like really overpowered in the nfl and i i think that it's stoppable with a certain caliber of qb that is like bad to like very yeah. mediocre okay. but if you're like an average to above average to very very good qb the fourth and one sneak is like automatic i i have to imagine it has like a 90 percent. like i'm I'm thinking conservatively like a 90 percent success yeah. rate i think the new trend in the nfl is no matter where you are in the field if you're fourth and one or lower you're automatically doing it because i don't think yeah. you can stop it no i i definitely agree there's very few scenarios i can imagine that you you don't do that um there's also like i i don't know um there's also very few scenarios i could imagine uh where the the chiefs playing like they did weren't gonna win the game i know there's a lot of gripe about the eagles holding call at the end of the game but um i don't know what do you think because i think the chiefs earned the win um and i think that the eagles despite that holding call they had several other things not go their way that could have made the difference easily to them winning the game. Um, the Jalen Hurts fumble is like yeah. the big one in my mind. And then the uh, the sideline um, Devonta Smith catch that wasn't a catch. Um, I think that was also big. Um, and obviously the holding call was big too, but I just, I don't think that I'm in the camp of people that are saying that the Chiefs robbed the Eagles and the holding call was to blame for that. So take what I'm about to say, the grain of salt. I do not want it to be spewed that Eric said the Chiefs didn't earn it because they did. They beat them. Eagles definitely could have done their stuff throughout the game and not even put them in situations, right? But it is very weird to me how blatant the favoritism was, in my opinion, even more so than this game, in that Chiefs-Bengals game. 
towards the Chiefs. I thought there were some pretty bad missed calls or not called calls against the Bengals in that game that they were calling for the Chiefs. And uh, I'm about to show you this right here because I was keeping tally during the game. Uh, I have this little sheet here that says Chiefs refs. How many times the Chiefs refs helped the Chiefs? And I got seven. I counted seven times that we uh, looked at each other, like the whole party I was at were like, that favored the Chiefs. Like it was very obviously in their favor or there was a missed one that was in their favor. We caught it seven times. And most of the time, Olsen said something about it too. So it wasn't just us thinking it. I thought there was some very, very, very favored calls towards the Chiefs. Now the Eagles got one or two as well. I'm not saying that they didn't. And I don't think it cost the Eagles the game. But I do think there absolutely was a push for Mahomes to win this Super Bowl with Brady retiring so that they could make him the face of the NFL. Yeah, and and look, so like a couple things. One, do I think NFL games are or can be rigged? Yeah, like I, I do. I, I don't think it's like a hugely conspiratorial thing to think in this day and age of like, yeah, they can't be super blatant, but there's been some things where in certain games you look at it and you're just like, there's just no way it isn't. Yeah. And so do do I think that it's like every game and that there's a script? No, I don't I don't think so. It's not an Aaron Foster thing. It like Aaron Foster's off his rocker. It's not a mm-hmm. the walkthroughs to read the script. If that yeah. was true, some other whistleblower would have said that at some point somewhere. So, you know, there's no way every NFL player has kept silent on that until Arian Foster, right? Like, there's right. no – do I think that they tell the refs to maybe sometimes favor a team? And Well, uh, well, to go along with that, like, is – a question I've been asking myself is, like, do I really believe that there is, like, seriously ingrained corruption in the refs? And, yeah, I I think I do believe that because – well, you just look at all the bad calls that have ever been, um, all the really, truly egregious ones, like Super Bowl changing right. ones, like take this last Super Bowl changing one, for example. There's never any punishment. There's never any consequence like for these refs. They always stay the same. There's never uh, an NFL statement about how the refs messed up. They're, they get promoted like for making bad calls, it seems like. So yeah, I think there's some corruption there for sure. Do I also think that there's ref incompetence? Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely ref incompetence, but I do also think there's some little wink, wink, nod, nod things. And I don't think it's, and I don't think it has anything to do with the players or the coaches. I think it's an NFL thing. And I think it ties back into Vegas. And I mean, if you really want to look into it deep, some of the stuff I've read and seen, about the amount of money that people were putting on the Bengals because of how good of odds it was, how much money Vegas made off the Chiefs winning that game. It makes you sit there yeah. for a second and go, hmm. It just, it's one of those weird mm-hmm. things. Yeah, I, last time I checked on the sites I could see, it was like, and this is crazy, it was like 79% of money was on the Bengals. Vegas won huge. Vegas probably made all losses. From the year, almost twenty percent of people on the cheat on the Super Bowl winning cheat, like the super like the Chiefs won already. They've done they've done it before, and 
I just, yeah, it's, it's wild. I definitely, so I don't, I, yeah, obviously don't want to get too deep because we don't want to be uh, assassinated. I was going to say, I thought of it. Uh, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I mean, despite that call, I mean, I will say despite that call, and I know a lot of people, especially Eagles fans don't feel this way. They feel like that holding call really ruined the game for them. I think that was one of the best Super Bowls I've seen in a long time. Like oh, just great. pure talent on the field was so awesome to see. Um, not to mention I dominated squares for the second year in a row, uh, won th- three out of the four quarters in my, uh, home league of squares, and then had a absolutely enormous payout with, so this was my actual bet. And I, I woke up Super Bowl morning, morning on Sunday thinking, I think the Eagles will win the game. I then put a hundred dollars on the Eagles to be winning at halftime, but for the Chiefs to end up winning the game. Ooh, at, at nice plus seven hundred odds, put a hundred bucks on it, won seven hundred bucks. Oh. So that was nice. And then my other big bet was I was like, this is the Super Bowl. You know who's gonna get touchdowns is AJ Brown and Travis Kelsey. So I put a parlay of them to right. get a touchdown each, and that also hit nice one hundred into about eight seventy five. So pretty pretty good betting day yeah very nice feeling good it was a very good betting day can um do we agree that the best two teams in the nfl played in that super bowl yeah yeah i mean i i think that if the Bengals and the chiefs could be in it maybe that would be the only other one um but, you know, with the way the Eagles played, especially their defense all year, granted, a lot of people are giving them some flack because it wasn't the hardest of schedules, but it was still like they won a lot of games against teams that were good. So I think the Eagles were the third best team in the league and the best team in the NFC. I think the Bengals were a little bit better. I think Bengals would have also beaten them in the Super Bowl. I still slightly believe the Bengals were the best team, but I can't back it up because the Chiefs beat them. So the only other team in the conversation for the NFC is, is the 49ers. And I think we saw their glaring like (laughs) issue uh, during that Eagles game is Mm -hmm. maybe Brock Purdy could have done it maybe, but they needed stellar QB play. They needed Patrick Mahomes like, or adjacent QB level play to beat that Eagles defense. And they just, they didn't have it. And I, I honestly, I don't know if Brock Purdy would have, brought it i there's the jury's still just out on him in terms of rising to that level of occasion i think it would have been awesome to see if he could but we'll we'll never really know unless he takes a starting job next year i think it's a chance to be pretty good but um if you look at the defenses he played this year though up to that game he was not playing great defenses and that's not to take away anything from him i think he could be a starting level caliber qb for a really good team um i just I mean, he's a seventh-round rookie. Like, going against the league's best pass rush. Historically great yeah. pass rush. The only two teams that had better, more sacks in a year than the Eagles this year was the 85 Bears and I think the 84 or the 86 Bears. Like, that's it. And they're historically the best defense mm-hmm. ever. And and so that's what, like, the, their QB situation, I think, is what squarely puts them in, like, fourth place behind those three teams. Yeah. And now we get the fight all off season of who the quarterback is. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be really fun drama. I I honestly I'm feeling I have this weird feeling that one of these three QBs between Garoppolo, Lance, and Purdy 
one of them is going to be a Green Bay Packer QB. I, I, I truly, I'm feeling that in my gut. I don't have a lot to base it off, but it's just this weird, gross feeling that I have in my gut that something dark is going to happen there. There's also a not 0% chance that a certain retired quarterback could be the San Fran quarterback next year. So this isn't actually a thing on the list, but I do want to actually talk about this a little bit with you because I I discussed this theory with Evan uh, a few weeks back in a pod that you weren't here for, but we talked about it. I presented the theory because I still think that it's like, it's the way I phrased it to Evan, which is where I got him to stumble is I'm like, do you think there's a non-zero chance that Tom Brady is the 49ers quarterback for 2023? And he was like, I guess a non-zero chance, sure. Like he was very reluctant to admit it, but so I know that there was paperwork officially fired filed by Tom Brady that he didn't file last year when he retired. I mean, how many times did Favre do that? Like, no. All right. So, so no. Uh, uh, that doesn't make any cl- like clarity for you of like what his intentions are. Paperwork would be a reason an NFL team would be like, "Hey, Tom, want to come play for us this year?" That. Coach GM should be fired on the spot. It's paperwork. Yeah. They'll figure that out. I what if in that case, like let's just like play with the theory a little bit. What if in that case the Niners the Niners need some capital here? So what if they go ahead and they ship Lance and they ship Garoppolo, acquire some picks, and they keep and they sign Tom Brady and keep Purdy behind him as the next late drafted QB prospect to train under Brady. I personally think it's the smartest thing they could do is Shanahan's seat's got to be a little hot, right? A little for how fondly he's looked at in the league, even though he's been to what uh, NFC championship three, the last four years or something like that. But he's his seat's got to be a little hot. And if you tell me they're like, I think if it hits midsummer and Lance and Purdy are both recovering, great. They're looking great. They're like, they're going to be fine for the start of the year. I think they roll with those two. Just because, but if, if we hit, yeah, we're getting to like training camp a little bit and they're not totally sure. It's kind of like, yeah, are we going to start the year with it? Or maybe they're not looking so hot. You don't think Shanahan doesn't just give a little ring ring to Tom and be like, Hey man, like want to come check it out. Well, look at that team that he could land with. That is insanity. I think there is a absolute 0% chance Tom plays for anybody but San Fran. I think San Fran would be the only iffy maybe because they're so win now, hometown team. I, I think that that's it. I don't think I, like he's not going anywhere else. Like I think he's done everywhere else. He also has a great relationship. He has a great relationship with the Shanahan family, I heard too. Yep. I, I agree. Okay. Well, any other Super Bowl things you want to mention? I mean, AJ Brown looks like a stud muffin. Love that. Hertz is a is an absolute monster QB. You're super happy to have him in Dynasty. He's going to get a bag. I would like to know how hurt he actually was. <laughs> because my man's, as soon as the game was over, they're like, come do this interview over here. And in 3.5 seconds, go sprinting across the field to catch up to them. I'm like, listen, okay. Like, my man was acting like he got shot in the leg by a sniper halfway through the game. Now you're running to do an interview. No limp. No, like, those are some good drugs or mm-hmm. it was slightly exaggerated yeah i mean that could that could be definitely be mind games 100 that could be mind games and it could be like kudos to them if it was mind games throw people off but like not when, when he when his ankle got caught up and like he was limping really hard i do legitimately think he let like that hurt really bad and i'm not saying he was faking that but i'm wondering how 
it's just even the last game against the Bengals too, right? Like I know he was favoring the ankle. I, a lot of people are talking like it's like a six to eight week recovery on a high ankle sprain like that. And he was running around like he he legitimate when he came back in the second half, he made some scrambling like crazy cut plays where I was like, that would that would hurt a lot to do that. Like, does he just have, you know, that um, thing that can happen medically where like some of your nerve endings like just don't operate and you can't feel pain? I, I don't know. It just and I mean, hey, if they decided that he got that ankle injury. And they're like, hey, let's uh, make the opponent think they're not going to have to plan for you scrambling. So let's five head this and make it play it up. I mean, kudos to them, right? Like the other team, if Mahomes is playing, you should be preparing for that anyway. I don't know. It just, Mm -hmm. that was, it was odd, right? It's kind of like the whole Ray Lewis deer antler spray thing with his arm. That was really weird. Yeah, I mean, when when we were watching it, I was at like a little it wasn't like a Super Bowl party, but it was a little get together with like, you know, a dozen or so people. And we all when we saw that injury and his reaction to it, we were all like, oh, he's done. Like the Eagles have this like this is Eagles victory right here. Patrick Mahomes is done. I thought Wilson High School, Michigan Wolverine great Chad Henning was going to come in and light it up. But Mm hmm. And I actually, so <laughs> funny you mentioned that because I remember I, I called that as like, oh, this is proof of the NFL being on a script is the backup QB for the Chiefs comes in and beats the Eagles in the Super Bowl. It's the old, it's the, give him the old Nick Foles. And that's Chad Henney's like, he's from that Eagles area, that central PA area. He was up. Evan and I both with the same district he did. So like, right. what a story. They give the Eagles a hero, and then they give him the ultimate villain. But no, that didn't happen. He came back in, and it was all fine. But um, do you think this puts Mahomes in a he can catch Brady territory, or is that just is that just unattainable? Can Mahomes catch Brady? I mean, abs- I mean, he has you know a dozen a dozen or so years to do it. Yeah, I agree. I think Travis Kelsey is such a benefit to him as a security blanket, I will need to see him when Kelsey retires. I'm not saying he's still going to be top five quarterback, obviously, but Super Bowl caliber winning every single year. Like, and, and Andy Reid's going to retire at some point. He's already almost 70, if not 70. Wow. Is Andy Reid 70? He's just about, I think. Wow. He looks great for 70. He's 64. How far past 70 does Andy Reid coach? Maybe he retires at 70, does six more years. I don't think he does. I mean, medically speaking, I think it it could end up getting dire for him eventually. But otherwise, you would think that he would want to keep coaching until he literally can't anymore as long as they're winning Super Bowls. I think Reed goes five more years. I think I think five years is a good number. Sure. I think that's reasonable. Retires at 69. Nice. Yep. <laughs> 69. I think five more years. So if Mahomes wins another one or two Super Bowls, let, let's give him one. Because two would be a lot. Let's give him one. So he has three in the 10 years with Andy Reid. He's not getting 20 years of Belichick like Brady did. You're telling me he's going to win four more in his last 10 years with a different coach, different. Not that he can't win more, but seven's a lot, man. With all those things in mind, I think that what it ends up being is like the reasonable answer is, could he technically? Sure. Like if, if all the chips fell, in his way and Andy Reed left and maybe he got one or two more with Reed Reed leaves and he gets another really, really good coach that keeps surrounding him with the right weapons and, 
everything goes his way and he plays for, you know, like I said, another dozen years. Yes, I think it, it technically speaking, he could do it. Right. Is it statistically probable? No. I think it is statistically improbable that he has the same like um endurance as Brady to to go that long and for things to always go the right way. And that that kind of leads into my other argument of and it's actually why if I had to start an NFL team today, I would still take Burrow ahead of Mahomes that the style that Mahomes plays is not a longevity style. He'll be great at it for a while. That's not a 22-year career playing style. He relies too much on athleticism. Hmm. Um, at some point, he'll have to shift into a short passing game, rhythmic timing, throwing offense like Brady has, right? Like you're not going to scramble around and fire arm rockets for 20 years. I think you're right. I I, I think a certain part of me feels that he's smart enough to figure it out. Oh, oh, he can, but we haven't seen it. But maybe not. Yeah, we do, we haven't seen it. You're right. He's so. talented and smart. He's, in my opinion, the most talented quarterback I've ever watched. I don't want to not give him his due. For you right now, and I think you've said it before, you are, like, if you were drafting in a startup, you're Burrow over Mahomes? I'm Burrow over Mahomes. Got it. And then Hurts? Lawrence, then Hurts. Lawrence, then Hurts. Okay, okay. But for... um. What was I going to say? Burrow, just the style of which he plays is something that he could replicate for 20 years and it would not matter if his athleticism failed him. Mm. He's still going to be tall. He doesn't, he has an average arm, but his smarts play understanding the way he rises his level, like Brady, like he's literally like a clone of Brady. It's really weird. Um, But just his pinpoint accuracy, that doesn't fade. You don't, randomly start becoming inaccurate unless your arm goes on you right but he, he doesn't have a big arm to begin with he's not gonna wear out a slinging arm right so i i pretty much agree with you the one actual concern i think i i, I do really have with joe burrow is and this is something that's been a little inconsistent this year because it seems like it's been an off and on thing but especially towards the later year um or like the later half of the season that o-line really started to fail him again and that, that, i just that's the point I, yeah. I think back to when he got that really bad knee injury and it was just so blatantly like his o-line just completely failed him and that's right. literally how he he got his bad knee injury and if the Bengals figure that out great mm-hmm. but if they don't like i i'm a little scared that joe burrow could go the way of like andrew luck and like mm-hmm. play because that Andrew Luck had physicality too, but he didn't like rely on his like athleticism per se. He was really smart and really great football placement, hell of an arm. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. The other thing I know is that just weirdly enough, uh, Joe Burrow is best comparable to Andrew Luck, like on player profile and stuff. So it's, it's an interesting like kind of correlation to make, especially with my predisposition of like, his O-line really needs to like come together to protect him if he's going to have a long career. Meanwhile, Patrick Mahomes, yeah, like maybe maybe his um athleticism will get him in trouble later, but in the Eagles game, they didn't get any sacks. They got zero sacks. That's crazy. That's so crazy. when I say I would take Burrow over Mahomes to start a franchise, I- I'm talking like we're not the Bengals or the Chiefs. 
I'm talking strictly player, right? He's obviously just the history of the Bengals franchise compared to the Chiefs, too. You'd bet on the Chiefs 100 times out of 100 to surround Mahomes with the proper tools to succeed over an inept, an inept Bengals franchise. But it also makes it how impressive it's been that the Bengals have been this good with Joe Burrow at the helm. It's like the Saints, right? We perennially think of the Saints as this great team since Drew Brees and Sean Payton were there. They were garbage their entire existence till that happened. It's the same thing with the Bengals, right? There's going to be a generation of young kids right now who are going to grow up thinking the Bengals have always been awesome. And that is not true. Yeah. That was not accurate till Joe Burrow got there. That's that's the big thing for me uh, with, with the Rams. Like, I feel that same way about the Rams is there are so many people that I, I hear of nowadays from like, friends of friends that have like younger siblings that are still in school and everyone's wearing like Rams jerseys and stuff. And I'm like, that is not how it was when I was in school. Like there were very few people wearing any football jerseys because most of the California teams were pretty bad when I was in school. So it's, that's definitely changed some stuff, but, but to take it back into like dynasty fantasy though, is, is Burrow still your, your number one? Oh no! For dy- if we're talking dynasty, I'm Mahomes. I, I was talking real NFL caliber. Gotcha. Just wanted to clarify that. In a superflex league, there's zero argument in a normal superflex league that anyone should take anybody but Mahomes one on one. Okay. Some people might say Allen. Some people might say Burrow. Some people might say I. I don't know how you can when he's won just another MVP with losing talent from last year. He's got to be the guy, right? Like in the offense that they play in. Like it's just so suited for fantasy points. So top top five right now for dynasty fantasy, you're thinking Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. I would say for di- for fantasy purposes, I would say Mahomes one, probably Allen two, because that rushing ability. Burrow and Lawrence tied at three for me. I don't know. That's mm-hmm. tough. Who's five? Five is Hertz. Hertz. Okay. Hertz over Herbert. I, I think Herbert has all the talent in the world. I think the Chargers are cursed, and as long as they have Brandon mm. Staley as their coach, I don't trust them. Yeah, I'm right there with you. He he gets out of LA. Like, let's say he does not sign an extension with the Chargers, and he's a free agent, and he gets to go somewhere like, let's just name a decent franchise. What if he goes to the Patriots? All of a sudden, Herbert's like, you're like, oh, you put him with some good coaching, and yeah, I could dig it. No, that sounds good. Well, that's that's good for the Super Bowl. I think we can go ahead and and move into some like actual news from this week. First off, being I mean, I think all three of these have pretty big uh like headline value. But you want to talk a little bit about the Colts and the Cardinals finally filling their their head coaching spots. They finally they they filled the spots. They split the Eagles coaching staff in half. Um, the Arizona Cardinals got Gannon. Who is the Eagles' defensive coordinator and uh, Streichen? Is that how you say his name? Streichen. Streichen, I think so. Streichen goes to uh, the Colts. Uh, that's the offensive coordinator for the Eagles. So Eagles are left without uh, an OC or a, a DC, which is interesting. Well, you know, I'm excited to kind of see how they fill those spots. But I mean, how do you feel about these? Because it, it does kind of feel like, oh, this team went to the Super Bowl. Let's make these guys our head coach. And not there's not much depth behind it in terms of like, I mean, for me, at least, like, what, what do you think? They're weird hires. I think the offensive coordinator did a phenomenal job with Hertz this year and building the offense around him. I think Gannon did a great job with the defense. I think they're fantastic coordinators. There just felt like there was better options out there, right? 
Like, if I'm the Cardinals, I don't understand how I'm not taking a shot at Eric Bieniemy with what he's done with Mahomes and the playing calling for the last five years. Don't forget that the Cardinals have been trying to hire people and they've been trying to hire people. They've been trying to hire like uh, coaches on the same like tier level as like uh, Flores, you know, Um, that's fair, which is I would expect him to jump at the chance to head coach team, but they couldn't get him. And I think it's largely what we talked about last week with the, the Kyle, the Kyler Murray factor just not being someone that people particularly want to coach. So I also think that Eric Bieniemy, he just doesn't, I don't think he's going to leave the chiefs until there's some big, like until Reed leaves or something like he's just, he's yeah. winning. He's winning Super Bowls, man. Like someone's going to have to like, I think it'll have to be an ideal spot for him. Cause he's basically making the decision. He wanted the bears job last year. And I didn't think that was very ideal. Like, that's yeah. Yeah. As a bears fan, I'm like, you probably better sting as the chiefs offensive coordinator, to be honest. Uh, wouldn't that be a great get for you guys though? That would have been awesome. It would have been great with fields. Yeah. I just, he's played called for the last three, four years for the chiefs mm-hmm. and just what he's done with Mahomes and that team. I just, if you're the Cardinals and he would have said yes, that feels like a miss to me. Yeah. I, I get the Colts not going with him because they don't have a quarterback in place. They're figuring things out. I don't think he was the right one for that, but I'm talking trying to re- heal, like rehabilitate somebody with Kyler's skill set. I feel like the is good enough with play design and has enough cachet to get Kyler, Kyler to like listen to him. I almost feel like they went with Gannon. Kyler going to listen to Gannon? The, I, I was just going to mention, I think it almost feels like they went with Gannon because they knew he is a, a, D, a former DC and that he'll be the leader and commander of the defense, but that like either maybe this is their signal that they're going to let Kyler like be the man on the offense and kind of go this like weird Russell Wilson-y route where they're like putting him way more in charge than maybe he should be. Um, or that they're going to bring in an OC like of Kyler's choosing or someone that can wrangle him potentially, but I don't know who that's going to be. <laughs> I think the Cardinals might be a, might be on path to be a top bottom five team for the next like five years. It kind of feels that way. Because, because I mean, even if they, I mean, they have Kyler to a mega contract, right? But his skill set specifically is only going to get worse. Like yeah. he's he's super athletic, he's super accurate, but his main thing is that he can move around and scramble in the pocket. And we we have a case like study on this with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson yep. and Kyler Murray are like the same player. And this is Russell Wilson. I still believe. I don't think he's ever getting back to form, guys. I think he is he has become like on his way to washed if he isn't washed already. Yeah. And a good front office and good coaching staff can sometimes save a bad play uh, personnel, like player personnel situation. Can you name one person in the front office ownership or coaching group on the Cardinals right now that you're like, wow, that guy's a leader. That guy knows what he's doing and has a vision for where they want to go. No, like, <laughs> no, I cannot. So, Kyler, so basically Kyler's, Kyler's going to run it. And do you yep. trust Kyler to take anywhere good? I don't. I trust it to be very entertaining to Correct. see what happens there. They should be booked in for hard knocks for the next five years. Well, they what's crazy is they had the November hard knocks. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. I'm, I kind of want to watch it, though. I, and I wonder actually really juicy. OK, well, yeah, I'll have to watch it, then, especially with knowing how it kind of unfolds. I heard the, the Kingsbury Murray portions were kind of eye opening. I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I, have to, I, I still need to check it out. 
but then straight stretch into to Indy that signals to me like I think they're probably going to let him have his pick of QBs to take with their first pick whether or not they they trade up I think my chips would be pushed into yeah they'll probably trade up because he is probably going to be like give me the best QB and let me go out there and design the offense around him essentially I think this makes it more likely that the Colts try to target CJ Stroud because mm-hmm. he would be more of a Hurts type than Bryce Young. Or do they go with the other Alabama QB and try to just pick an Alabama QB? <laughs> just grab those Bama QBs? Yeah, just grab a Bama QB, whoever it is. Well, they are creatures of habit. They either go for washed-up quarterbacks or Eagles offensive coordinators as coaches. So you're saying that Derek Carr to the Colts? Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a little, but that is the next uh, news piece here. So, I mean, Derek Carr got released. Um, he he walks away from the uh, the Raiders uh, unscathed and uh, without giving. I always thought this was the right thing to do, especially for him. Like, why let the Raiders take draft picks from the team that you're going to go and try to, yep. to, to be a key player on? It makes no sense. So obvious move for him. But now that he's a free agent what do you think who who takes a stab on him i think you've already mentioned before uh i think you liked him for i actually i can't remember remind me have, have you had a like a car prediction um oh who did i pick for car did you, buccaneers think, was it i think it was buccaneers but um that was if there were trades involved i think yeah. now that he's a free agent i think i've drastically changed my opinion well the bucks don't have any cap space so it doesn't seem right. likely that That's they can part get of it. it yeah right so I've drastically changed my opinion and some of the reports have been coming out. I think he might go to the saints. I just, it is going to be a zero quarterback competition. Yeah. He's going to come right in there and be able to fill a leadership void that was left in that offense from Peyton and breeze. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think you can say whatever you want about Derek Carr. I think his best quality might be his leadership. I mean, yeah. have you heard the way his teammates talk about him? Mm-hmm. He is a phenomenal human being and a phenomenal leader of men. Yeah, he seems like a great dude. He's got decent talent, but that might come and go. But yeah. you've never heard a teammate not say that Derek Carr wasn't 120% committed, great teammate, great leader, right? He, Yeah, absolutely. He And he's had it rough, too. Like, he hasn't had, in my opinion, like, very decent coaching talent no. around him ever. And he's never thrown a coach under the bus yeah. I, I, that I remember. He's never, like, he's a solid dude. Mm-hmm. Um. And I like the some of the offensive weapons they have in, in New Orleans. He wouldn't have to change like a lot of his wardrobe. He would be going from gold and black, like going from silver and black to gold and black, right? Yeah. Um, but him with Chris Olave. Yeah. Alvin Kamara. Uh there there's that young guy, uh Shahid. Shahid. Rahid Shahid. Who came on a little bit towards the end. That's a little oh, yeah. interesting. Then oh, yeah. you get anything out of Michael Thomas. That, that's not a bad offense. And then Dennis Allen can go focus on the defense, right? Pair Derek yeah. up with a good offensive coordinator. Let them do their thing. Let Dennis Allen get the defense. And in a weak division that Brady just left, that thing's wide open. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, like I like it. A very definitive path to the playoffs. I think it's funny because in my mind that I think that's, I think that is the pick I'm leaning like 70%. I think he's going there. My the other, the other thirty percent is the Panthers for me. Yeah, I think it's those two teams. Um, which is funny because he basically has his pick of like 
two of the the four teams in that division um technically technically he could go to the falcons i just don't see it i still i just it feels weird i don't i don't see it um i think their basket's gonna be all the way in on lamar i still think with atlanta feels so right the the silence is so loud to me from the falcons of there's just been no news. There's been zero news. Everyone in the world knows they need to address quarterback. They don't have a high enough pick to really do it in the draft. Everyone knows they need to figure something out, and they've said nothing about it. They've not hinted at their plans. They've had no rumblings, no interviews, nothing. Like, that That right. really is odd to me, and it... it tells me that something big could potentially be coming there. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I I think they're all in on Lamar. And I don't think Derek Carr is the type of guy who wants to be the second choice. So mm-hmm. I think he kind of writes them off. Uh, I also don't fully agree with or understand the Jets. Um, It's possible. I think Salah is too much of an A-type coach mm-hmm. that would clash very hard with Derek Carr being a defensive guy. Well, I think I, I I would, I would differ just in the fact that I think that you're right, but Salah is that defensive minded coach. So he could end up like leaving a little bit of meat on the bone for Derek Carr to come in and like show that leadership skill that we know he has and sort of like become a de facto leader to work with um who is it now nathaniel hackett (laughs) so nathaniel hackett's kind of like a figurehead oc so they're actually going to need like someone to go in there and (laughs) know what they're doing in my opinion so i think that might be an okay fit i also think that like whoever i think the jets are going to deal with an issue of having a lot of good options for whoever their qb is going to come in and be because in my opinion it's probably the best open landing spot for a QB right now. Think about what they did with Zach Wilson and Mike White and Joe Flacco. They get anyone in there better than them. They're going to the playoffs. Like they own, they were right on the you're precipice. Right. I think you're right on one of the take. best young defenses in the league. One of the best young offenses in the league, a defensive minded coach. That means the, the quarterback could come in there and, put their brand on the offense rather easily with Nathaniel Hackett being in like a sort of desperation season to prove something. I I think that that's the top choice spot in my opinion. Like what other, what other team are you going to go to a top five RB in dynasty, a top 10 wide receiver in dynasty and a top five defense in the league that needs a QB. Hmm. It's them or the Falcons, I think. Or if you're considering San Fran slightly ajar, it's probably San Fran. But I think Falcons don't have the defense. No, they don't. But they got London Pitts and yeah, they got Algier, who's not who seems like he's coming along, and they still got Carol Patterson, and... L- London and Pitts, or Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. London and Pitts. Okay, I think I think. I might be, I think I might be Wilson and Hall, but I, I, I can see how that could be close. I like London better than Wilson, and I like Pitts better than Hall. Oh, so. interesting. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
Um, but you're no. right about the defense, though. Um, the Jets significantly better. Very, very good. Yeah, very good defense. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we shall see. I still, I still think Jets are kind of a dark horse for uh for Aaron Rodgers, but um, I'm I also I think they're going hard. Have you not read the reports that they're calling the Packers like daily? Yeah, I just according to the Vegas odds, they're still much uh they're they're much too far down the list in my opinion like they're they're like plus 500 odds to sign him right now Aaron Rodgers is either I think it's basically even odds for the Packers or like plus 100 for um I think it's Raiders the Raiders that's right yeah yeah Raiders are the top spot right now I think Rodgers fits better with the Jets but me too me too and he he could really you know, dig that New York spotlight. Um, although I will just, I, I'll put this out there. I heard rumblings uh, from a report I read the other day that, I mean, Ryan Tannehill looks like he's actually on kind of shaky ground and that he he might not be. Like the, the Titans are making moves here that kind of look like he might be on his way out. There was a post I saw earlier with a tweet about some teams offering two seconds for Tannehill, and it's getting kind of close. Yeah, the Jets, the Jets are willing to trade two two uh, twenty twenty three draft picks for him and take on his full contract. Wow, take that, that take that for what you will. Like, but it's not saying they're going to. It's saying they would be willing to do so. Which I'll, I'll be honest, I I I like it. I mean, you you don't need an Aaron Rodgers necessarily on that team. Um, like I said before, like they did way better than anyone thought they would with their terrible QB carousel last year. Uh, you get someone competent but not fantastic like Tannehill that that could end up working for you. Didn't they go like seven and two with Zach Wilson. Right, exactly. Um, and so that that would leave Aaron Rodgers open to going to the Titans, which we've talked about before. That seems pretty like I don't know. That's the train I've been on forever. It's interesting. I, I, it feels right. Yeah. Okay. Um well, yeah, so I yeah, I like all that. I still also think if Lamar Jackson gets traded, card to the Ravens could be a thing, and not to say that I like it. But I think it could make sense for a team that without Lamar Jackson, they would basically have to completely reinvent their offense. Yeah. And so okay. what what better way to do that with like a pretty vanilla, like, you know, malleable QB, uh, team player QB like Derek Carr. Yeah, um, I can see that. But moving on from Derek Carr, uh our, yeah, so I mean, we had the uh the awards come out um right before the Super Bowl. Just a couple that I wanted to touch on. Obviously, the Hawks got got robbed with the rookies of the year. That that really stinks. Um, no, I mean those guys really they they deserved it. Um, I'm glad that my my Hawks players were in the conversation. Um, I still think it's dumb that Kenneth Walker got more votes but didn't win. But that's fine. Uh, but Geno Smith did get comeback player of the year, which there we go. He deserved hella, it. Hella deserved. I'm glad he got it. Um, Saquon Barkley. I don't know. I sure he he might have deserved it too. He he had a hell of a year, but Geno's. You think about where Geno Smith, uh, the the bottom that Geno Smith found, um, and and him rising from that bottom to go back to the playoffs his first year 
starting with the Seahawks. I, I just think that's a great story. So I'm really happy about that. And then my my call of Brian Dable, coach of the year, also hit, which yeah, he, he deserved that. that. He did a great job this year. On First the same... year awesome. Yep. Um, did, Gino should have also won MVP quote of the year. What was it? Uh, they wrote me off, but I ain't right back. Yeah, and and I'd been saying that because people were like, "Yeah, he got comeback player of the year, but he he didn't go to the award ceremony." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, they wrote him, but he ain't right back." <laughs> that was such a good quote. So freaking good. Yeah. No, that is. I want that quote on my gravestone. <laughs> Corey Bittner. They wrote, they wrote him, but, but he ain't right back. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So just wanted to give those guys a shout out. Uh, Mention that because you know. Brian Dable, I think, in the same sort of tandem as why Saquon Barkley was listed as a comeback player of the year, like potential guy, is Brian Dable sort of helped him get there. He he did a phenomenal job. So that's that's awesome. Um, I, I like Saquon. I definitely understand why he was in the comeback of the comeback player of the year argument. But I don't think there was anybody out there who didn't think that if he was healthy, he could still be Saquon. Right. Like, you know, was dead for nine years. Right. Exactly. <laughs> he was gone finished mm-hmm. and was in the MVP conversation at one point. Yeah. Like that after like two weeks, like halfway through the season MVP conversation. So it's like that if there was ever a comeback player of the year, it, it was definitely Gino. Yeah. Yep. I I'm, I'm definitely happy with it. So just wanted to give those guys a shout out. Um, And then, yeah, the rest of the show, man, unless there's anything else you want to talk about. Um, I was basically just going to dedicate the rest of the show to talking about the uh, RPG Dwarves draft that we we had just finished up and kind of going over everything. So, I mean, do you want to uh, do you want to like read out your team and like just kind of yeah, like talk about team. guys and the guys you're excited about, guys you're maybe looking to trade, that kind of thing? I like half love, half hated how mine turned out. I don't know. I'm not quite sure yet. I, I think same, and I think that's going to coincide with like the last half of the draft was just so painful because every it was just so depleted that I think that's why a lot of our drafts are like, oh well, I have like six really good players. Oh, and then I have six like, oh no, like I hope they hit. <laughs> but since I had the last pick of the draft, I was about to go into a meeting and I was up next. I literally messaged uh, Dad Bod. And I was like, listen, I want Zaire White. Um, I don't care who else you put on my team. Just put somebody on it. <laughs> nice. I was like, it doesn't matter at this point. Who'd you um, end up getting with him? Uh, I got uh, Foster Moreau. Let's okay. See yeah. Whatever. Okay. I mean, I have uh, Darren Waller, so it's backup. That is good. That's good. So uh, th- this is how my team ended up. Uh, do you want me to just read off by position or go by per draft pick? Um, however you want to do it. I'll straight off the team. All right. So QBs are Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Kenny Pickett, which I'm pretty happy with that for not getting QBs in my first rounds. Uh, Running backs, I've got Najee Harris, Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery, and Kenneth Walker, which is a awesome running back crew. I'm, I mean, to have Najee, Kenneth Walker and Montgomery starting every week is awesome. Yeah. Uh, wide receivers. I've got Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Darnell Mooney, DK Metcalf. Um, and Michael Gallup. 
Hill so Waddle Metcalf is very disgusting. good. It's very good. Yeah. Those were three of my top four picks, basically. Uh, oh, I also forgot I have Elijah Mitchell for running back too, as just he was a late one to go with Garoppolo. Uh, then for tight ends, which we don't have a starting tight end slot, but I still got uh, Darren Waller and Foster Moreau. So, I I think that's all you need. I mean, you have Darren Waller. He's 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 good. If he, uh, you know, it'll depend on I guess what they do with the quarterback, but should be able to get a quarterback there that can feed him targets. He we know he's still talented. Um, and you don't really like you said we don't need a tight end. Um, yeah. we just need a guy that can potentially fill in with that uh wide receiver tight end flex spot. Mm-hmm. My team is contingent upon how good and what spots Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo land and Kenny Pickett's progression. If my QBs can play like mm-hmm. top 15 QB level, the rest of my team is so stacked, I'll be fine. But if like Jimmy G's bench somewhere and Kenny Pickett doesn't get any better and Derek Carr's just kind of figuring out the offense, I'm going to really struggle from that position. So that that's where my is there is a worst case scenario of i mean kenny pickett staying the same or just not getting yeah like just not getting better and then Derek carr and jimmy g like we are all pretty sure that they'll be starting qbs next year but Derek will um but how long does that last if he's not great yeah and then same with jimmy g it's like eh. Oh, and then and then for uh, rookie draft you have the one twelve because it mirrors your your pick, so yeah. not a lot of help there either. But you know, I think your man, your your running back and wide receiver room are are stacked yeah. on stacked. Yep. So I guess for for my team, um, I'm you know I'm kind of the same way. I have guys on here that I'm very very happy with, and it's basically my first six picks, and then the rest of them I'm like. Uh, I really hope they hit. Um, but you know, I I started out with Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown. Um, so I got that duo locked up. I love that duo. Um, so good. I, I just I don't know how I carry your season. Right, right. They literally can't. They literally did. And uh, that's how I won RP Druids. Is just every week it was just oh AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts another long yard bomb. So that's great. Um, but so I have Jalen Hurts for QB and I have Geno Smith, which. You know, I'm pretty happy about for this coming year because I really I think all signs are pointing to and I really do believe that Gino will get another year in Seattle. Um, if it's just one year, that's kind of painful. But as long as it's one year and he played as well as he did last year, I mean, in this league, he was QB five. Um, so I basically have on my team last year's QB five and QB three. So pretty happy with that um, for RBs. I have Joe Mixon, which. Charges were dropped for Joe Mixon, so um, that's good. But I hope they stay dropped because um, I kind of need them on my team. Um, I have Joe Mixon. I have uh, Tony Pollard, who little scary injury, but still pretty excited about it. I think he's very talented. Kareem Hunt, who's an upcoming free agent with like little wear and tear that I'm kind of excited. He might be a guy that if he goes to a spot where I think we'll have a lot of hype, I might try to trade him like right when that news drops kind of thing. Um, and then I have uh, Jarek McKinnon, who I really do. I think he'll still be on the Chiefs next year and still have a role as much as Isaiah Pacheco truthers uh, want to believe that he'll be the workhorse. I think that uh, McKinnon will still have a role there. Uh, and then Dante Foreman, who I'm just like, 
we'll see. He's up for contract. If the Panthers re-sign him, he was playing pretty well there. So I'm I'm kind of excited to have him as like an RB6 on my team. Um, but so yeah, so it's Mixon, Hunt, Pollard, Foreman, McKinnon as my five RBs. And then my 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 receivers are actually like what I'm kind of excited about. Just having AJ Brown and T. Higgins feels really good to me. Uh, two top 10 guys on my team, two young guys on explosive offenses. I think they're going to be good to rely on in a best ball type of format. But I also just took the rest of my wide receivers are just best ball like maniacs. So I have Tyler Lockett, who I think is the definition of a best ball wide receiver, where he just has his spike weeks and then disappears for a while. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is on a multiple year contract with the Chiefs, so should be there again next year. Uh, maybe he has a little more. Uh, that you can put together with Patrick Mahomes. Um, and then I just have my dart throw young guy darlings of Zay Jones, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Terrace Marshall, who I'm all just like, hey, they did good this last year. If they can improve on it, like these were all wide receiver twos. Like surprising or not, these are all guys that if they are just wide receivers two again next year, I'm happy. If they take another step, I'm winning the league. If they take a step back, that sucks, but I'm betting on them to take a step forward. Uh, and then walked away with two, like, in my opinion, top six tight ends, too, with Dalton Schultz and Evan Ingram. Pretty, pretty happy there, too. I think that overall, my depth is worrying. Um, there's just not a lot of, like, all-star depth there. Yeah. But I think that I have a lot of guys that have a lot of upside. I think I think my team is very, very heavy on upside. I, I do like the upside. There's a... There's a world you're first next year, and there's a world you're last. I definitely feel that. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And if I'm last, well, that's fine. I'll take uh, Caleb Williams. And, that'll and be see, okay. with my team, I think my floor is higher than yours, but my ceiling is lower. I, I Yeah, I think I agree with you. I, I like your team better, I won't. generally speaking, except for your QB room, which I think is shaky. And I think to have a really high ceiling, you need to have that one QB you know is going to be stud week in and week out. And I don't have that on my team. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll be relying upon skill position players, which I have really good ones, but I'll be relying upon them to make up for that. Yeah, I feel that. You know, mm-hmm. and there's always the chance, uh, you know, just to keep in mind, as we saw this last year and the year before that, there's always a QB that comes out of the woodwork that you can pick up on waivers and start the rest of the year and be okay. So there's always a chance you can make that happen. There's also always a chance. I mean, it it was a stack league, so I'm sure there are some trades that are like out there for you to get rid of some of like the uh, players on the same team to not clog uh, your roster as much on the bye weeks and stuff. That's actually, I'd never thought about that until I said it, but that'll be interesting to see when bye weeks come out to see how many stacks that we took have yeah. the same bye week and try to like trade out of those bye weeks. True. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That'll so, be, uh, yeah. Ben Walker for Jalen Hurts straight up. Uh, <laughs> maybe a little more on your side, but I- I'm listening. Terrence <laughs> Walker. Uh, Walker Carr for Hurts. Actually, that's not terrible. But uh, we'll talk. We'll talk. Hmm, yeah, we can talk about that. Uh, but I do want to talk about an actual trade that Evan sent me. Um, yes. This can be this can be kind of the last thing we we go over. We can make it a actually it won't even be like a super short one. It'll be a little over an hour. But um, final rundown thing here will just be yeah. So uh, I think it was like a day after the draft concluded. I messaged Devin uh, because he has the rookie one hundred and one, and I have the rookie one hundred and two. 
And I basically just messaged him and I was like, hey, man, I got to do my due diligence here. And just is there anything I can give you to slide up from 102 to 101? I know it's Bijan. I know you're ride or die Bijan. I get it. But I would not be doing my team a service if I didn't ask. Um, And he got back to me with pretty typical response of like, yeah, it's basically going to have to be something that I can't say no to me thinking, yeah, makes sense. Probably not going to be anything we can work there. Oh, well, about a day after that, Evan shoots me this offer uh, where I get the 101 and I get Drake London and I give him the 102 and I give him AJ Brown. So my emotions are immediately in turmoil where I'm like, oh, my God, I want Bijan so, so, so bad. And I like Drake London. I, I really do. Like QB room aside, I think they can figure something out to make Drake he's London. So he's got so, so, so much talent, crazy draft capital. Like I'm I'm in on Drake London for sure. So I like him. He's super young and huge frame. Kind of like just like a little, I, I think he might even be a little taller than AJ Brown. So like a little more of like a physical like monster than AJ Brown is maybe. So I like it. I like it automatically, right? But to move up, to move up one spot, right? It's tricky because it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like the leap from 101 to 102 or the 102 to 101 rather should also coincide with a wide receiver trade up of basically giving a surefire wide receiver one in AJ Brown for a what was basically like a wide receiver two uh in Drake London. I think he was actually like a maybe even closer to a wide receiver three this year. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was like wide receiver 32 or something like that. Um, so it's tough, but like, to be honest, I've, I've been really thinking about it and it like, it seems, it seems really okay. And like to get Bijan on my team where I, I am pretty lacking in depth and I know the one Oh two is basically going to be QB like that's going to be the the obvious choice to make is whatever the top QB is from the from the NFL draft is the 102. Um can I use a third QB? Absolutely. You know, I have Hertz and Geno Smith. So like having a third QB would be awesome. Do I absolutely need one? Uh, maybe not and maybe especially not if I have Bijan to potentially like flex in some right. weeks. Um so I don't know. I want to get I want to get your read on it. I don't want you to like necessarily tell me what to do because we're in the same league and that's a little bit bad faith but like i feel like this is a, an interesting discussion to have of like a very big trade potentially this is here. a very even trade first it's very of all. even yeah well both sides it's like very understandable like that's a really good trade that evan put together there like it good is for evan yeah evan always sends thinker trades you said that you're so. like Man, I'm giving up a lot, but I'm getting a lot. Evan's very good at trade values and putting those together. I got to compliment him on that. I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, Evan has sent me the most trades where I've initially said absolutely not. And then over the course of a few days, I really think about it and I end up accepting. Yeah, I, I've definitely gotten transfer, Evan, where I'm like, I don't want to do that. But it wasn't because of the value. It's just because it didn't fit my plan, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I've ever gotten a trade from Evan where I was like, what the heck is this? Yeah, the only trade I think I've vehemently said no to was when he tried to get uh, Josh Allen from me last year in uh, Twin Blades. 
And I was like, look, man, I think the offer's solid. I'm just, I'm not trading Josh Allen. Like it's, yeah. it's just not happening. So um, this trade, I think it really depends on how you value London. Yeah. I do not think that London is that big of a drop off from AJ Brown. I, I, I think so too. I don't, I, don't I, think, especially I, if you're getting a Lamar or something in Atlanta, because they're not going to keep that same QB situation. No shot. Yeah. It's going to change. And someone's going to be better there. And hold on. I mean, look, I want to look this up to make sure I'm not lying. Um, hold on. So we got Brown, who is 25. And then you got London. He's 21. <laughs> Who's yeah? So four years, four year difference, and then I think you look at that one one point oh one to one point oh two. That one point oh two is probably a quarterback, like you were saying, or Demir yep. Gibbs, if you really wanted to push it. And I think the difference between Bijan Robinson and any of those guys is significant. Yeah, I I I think you're right. I think you're right. Howard is the best running back to come out since Adrian Peterson. So like I yeah I. I know. So if you're in my position though, and you have the Hertz AJ Brown stack, mm-hmm. does that change things for you? Because that stack feels so right. It feels very right. I don't want to give it up, but the value is so good. Bishan London is awesome. And then what you got with the 102 where you're saying, I guess it's a quarterback. Do I need a third? I don't know. Where it's like, oh, or I could go get Bishan. Right. Oh man, yeah. I'm not telling you what to do, but if I was in your shoes, I'd want the Bijan London. I appreciate you. That's, no, that's I, I, I'm not looking for you to, and I, I still think it's a head scratcher for me because, to be mm-hmm. honest, you're also getting younger. To be honest, the the 102 for me ends up being like I I'm gonna find someone to trade down to, and try to like accumulate picks. Yeah. Uh, but barring that. Uh, taking a once in a lifetime RB generational talent. Like it's, yeah. uh... this is not Brees Hall last year, right? Where he was the clear one-on-one, but you're like, Oh, he's not generational. He's going to be a really great fantasy asset, but not Bijan's generation. <laughs> so, so you know that I can't, I can't send this trade to him tonight though, because he'll know that we talked about it on the podcast and he'll be like, Oh, so Eric talked you into it. As soon as we're done, you should just accept it. <laughs> And then be like, Eric no, he did the, the smart thing and he set it on a timer that's already expired. Yeah. Wow. So I'd have to reinitiate it, which is like, oh boy. I, I hope I, if I do reinitiate it, I hope he isn't like, oh, Eric talked to you about it. So why don't you put a little spite, like spicy extra on top? That's right. Right. Oh man, that's tough. I might, I might think about it for another night. So. It, it, this maybe changes the equation a little bit for you too. Uh, with AJ Brown 1.02, I have one player I know is a guaranteed stud. London 1.01, I have two players I know are yeah. studs. Yeah, yeah, it really does come down to like, do I think, do I think Drake London could end up being even close to AJ Brown? And I think he could. I do. I think I do. he could. Is the thing. I really do think he could. So it's a it's a hell of a gamble. It really is. I'm taking an established asset and I'm and I'm throwing it to question marks. I mean I mean I know Bijan is a question mark premium, 
but he's still a question mark. Like until the guy goes out there and performs on the NFL like team that he gets drafted to as a surefire workhorse RB one, there's still that percentage chance that he is a Trent Richardson, right? Yep. Eagles also just lost their entire coaching staff. Are we sure there is potent on offense next year? Yeah, AJ Brown also has some knee things that I'm kind of scared of long term. He's a little moody. He's a little moody. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, you've you've brought it back into I was already thinking about it, but now I'm really thinking about it. I think in your shoes, you I mean, your team, you gotta make your own choice. Unbiased. I don't care if I'm in the league or not. I would I yeah. would take that deal. But I would be thinking about it as long as hard as you have been too. That's not an easy accept. Yeah. Trading AJ Brown in any league is immensely tough. Yeah, I I feel it. Okay, well, well, that's enough trade for me. Do you do you have any trades or anyone that you're targeting from your team to trade away, or anyone in the league that you're targeting to trade for? Without having to actually like get you to say like name names or anything, it seems like your glaring hole here is QB. Do you think that you'll try to address QB via trade, or do you think you're gonna try to just gamble and roll with the guys you got? I would like to, and I'm actually going to put this play on the trading block right now because I'm about to say it anyway, but I would absolutely move Tyreek Hill if I could. What would be your general asking price, you think? If I'm going for a higher-end QB, I would like to if I could um, because I think I have enough wide receiver depth to make up for that, and it would really improve my QB situation. Um, plus, I'll probably be taking – None of the QBs that are going to be any worth anyone's dime are going to be left at 1.12, where there might be some sleeper wide receivers or something like that that I could grab there. Do Do you think you maybe try to like move up from 112, like into like one three, one four, one five, and get a QB? Do you think that's a strat? I don't like any of the QBs enough this year. I think to trade a lot to go do that. I just I don't. I don't think this is the QB year. I think it's next year. I I really like the running backs in this class and some of the wide receivers. Um, but I'm really deep on running back. Um, I'm deep on wide receiver and Tyreek's my oldest. If I could move Tyreek Hill for maybe Tyreek Hill in my rookie second for Kirk Cousins in the rookie first. I think that's Donnie's first. So, like, I'm just spitballing, right? Like I know it's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is not a bad I'm just, I'm just looking. So that, that would be, uh, that would be the one Oh six. Yeah, so that puts me into the range of snagging a better wide receiver then to replace my Tyreek Hill. Okay, so I keep a little bit. I would also, I would consider throwing in not Pickett, one of the other two QBs I would think about. So I want to ask you a question because this is one thing that I've been grappling with the trade that I described earlier, but I would be giving, uh, I would be giving Evan... Essentially, Evan would have Jamar Chase and AJ Brown. So think about that. Think about that for a second. That's one of the things that I've really been thinking about of like, I don't know if I can do this trade because I don't know if I can, in my right mind, allow Evan to have AJ Brown and Jamar Chase on one team. He's going to have Jamar Chase and Bijan on one team. That is a very good point. That is a very good, that is a very good point. And I, 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 I appreciate that. But in the same vein, for Donnie, will you be able to stomach him having Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill? Oh, yeah. Okay. That doesn't that doesn't scare you? I, I could live with that. Okay. That doesn't scare me. 
No, because I think I can get enough production from the rest of how good my team is. And that QB boost would really push me up a level. Yeah. Okay. And I would hope and pray that someone like Quentin Johnson or something like that would fall to me mm. at 1.6. Okay. But yeah, got it. It's it's a thought. I don't know if I would or, or wouldn't, but that like I would I would consider moving Tyreek. I I, I basically DK Waddle and Kenneth are like untouchable though. I don't want them going anywhere. Got it. So I'll go ahead and trash this DK offer. I was putting it together. <laughs> Are you really? No, it's it's fine. Uh, I might send it to you later. Anyway, but that is mean. I said no players untouchable. That 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 should be that's okay. Good. It would it would be okay, good. I'd be much more inclined to try to move Hill, but you know, the mm-hmm. offer comes along. It's like hmm, maybe you know, like I I'd imagine like. You might want to buy into the Bengals offense. So I was trying to figure something out with like you get T. Higgins, I get DK. Oh, maybe. Maybe. How do you view how do you view those two guys? Do you think T over DK? No, I'd probably view DK over T. I think I'm with you. Yeah. But also T might leave the team in not too long and then be a wide receiver one somewhere and be awesome. I don't know. That's true. That's true. I think behind T he's not above DK. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I have DK as like wide receiver. I think he'd be like seven, eight, maybe. Since we're just talking about trades and stuff like that, do you want to hear the most lopsided trade that I've ever gotten? Like that didn't work out for me. And I'm still yeah. mad about it. Uh-huh. In a non Superflex league back in early 2010s i woke up one morning to a trade offer where my buddy was asking for tom brady in a second round pick for megatron and two firsts in a non-superflex league and i could not smash the accept button fast enough because i got megatron and two firsts and in the championship game i was facing paul and like Tom Brady went off for like five touchdowns and was the difference that beat me. Oh. To this day, I am still out of my mind livid about it. it That's brutal. Stupidest trade ever. And it worked out for him. And those first round picks yeah. were good because he won the league like two years in a row. So they weren't good picks. Nuts. And he was he was the king of making the stupidest fantasy. Shout out to my boy Paul. He made the worst fantasy choices I've ever met, and they would always work out for him. I will always remember this one, too. Um, We were doing a live draft, and he was too slow, but he was the last pick in the draft. So it auto-picked Gronk Jimmy Graham for him right back to back, and it just kept going. And he was like, oh, my God. He was, like, freaking out about it. It was before they were, like, super amazing. Like, they were high up on the list. And then later in the draft, he took Austin Severian Jenkins. First week I was playing him, and he forgot to set his lineup. And Gronk and Jimmy Graham were on the bench, and Austin Severian Jenkins was in a tight end. And it was the one game ever in Austin Severian Jenkins' career. He scored three touchdowns, and he beat me because of it and outscored Gronk and Jimmy Graham. And I'm some people, some people have all the freaking luck, dude. Oh my God. I'd like that. This was over 10 years ago, and it still leaves that much of an imprint on me because of how ridiculous it was. Is he the type of guy that when that stuff like works out for him, he pretends like it's the that was the whole plan like all along? Oh no, it, it was almost worse. He would be like, "Oh shit, I messed up." He goes, "How'd that work out for me?" 
Oh my oh god, my- that is worse. <laughs> so yeah, I went out and had some drinks the night before, and I forgot about fantasy. Wow, I beat you. I'm like, oh, uh, that's like real taco energy. He, he's he's I love Paul. He's one of the funniest dudes. But like, he like when Kevin forgets the lineups, he would still win. He won like two or three championships in the five years we had this dynasty league, and it was it. I still don't get it. Some people, man, I've I've met people that literally they just they are really really lucky, like the the things that they have had work out for them would never in a million years work out for me. Like, it literally got to the point in like the third year where Paul would make some trade that the first year people would flip out about. By the third year, they're like, "Well, I guess I should go get that player in all the other leagues." Paul Magic's got him. Yeah, like. Like it turned into that, like it collusion was no longer a thing because they just assumed every stupid trade he made was going to work out for him because it did. Yep. Just that Paul magic. So crazy, man. Now that's just some random fantasy story heartbreak. And then next week when Evan's back, we'll have to do the refresher of all hot takes, bets that were made, all that kind of stuff and see where we start. Oh yeah. Yeah, I can uh, I can comb over those and and gather all of them in one one good document for us. I was gonna say I know we made a bunch of bets over the year, all of us. Mm-hmm. So we definitely yep. got to see how those panned out, and we also got to talk about that bottom the the out of the top hundred draft we did. I know we talked oh, about it, but we gotta. Yeah, so I had that as like a potential topic here, but I so I can I can include it right at the end here. Okay, it's so so lopsided in your favor that I honestly don't know if it's interesting to talk about because uh, between Jared Goff and Daniel Jones, you with all of your team, uh, you doubled the next best score, which was mine. Doubled it Uh, with just Jared Goff and Daniel Jones. You beat Ah, my team. That's silly. That's insane. Yeah, no, it, it is like, like I said, it's almost not interesting to talk about because of how thoroughly you thrashed uh I yell it and I like it, it wasn't even it's it, it wasn't even close to being close you you doubled our scores and then you beat both of our teams just with Jared Goff and da- Dan- Daniel Jones and Jared Goff are both like QB ones that's and and you th- those are two, your two QBs so that's wild they weren't even the first ones off the board ILS QBs were Jameis Winston and Matt Ryan, who like they were starters on decent teams. We thought they were gonna be okay. And then I I went the real sleeper QB route and basically got zero for my QBs by going Drew Locke and Mitchell Trubisky. So just so just bad. a big fat L. Yeah, just big fat L. So like uh, the be- the best guy for my team is like, I got add Tyler Lockett, who finished again as like a like wide receiver 13 or something. But other than that, it was just Lockett was your best pick. Mine was the QBs. What was Ayelt's best pick? Uh, let me see. Actually, do 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 do. Um, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jacoby Myers. That was her best pick. Oh, uh, her so her QBs were Jameis and and Matt Ryan. Uh, then she had Singletary, Adam Thielen, Ooh. Noah Fant, Khalil Herbert, Jacoby Myers, and Robert Woods. Oh, poor I yell it. That's oh, that, that seemed like a pretty. De- well, I remember At going time, like, oh man, good. 
I remember thinking like, oh, I think Ayelet won this. Like that's what I thought after the after we did the draft. Um, and then I had I had James Robinson, big big ouch. Uh, Chase Edmonds, big ouch. Alan Lazard did okay. Dawson Knox did okay. Mitchell Trubisky, Drew Locke, bad. Uh, Tyler Lockett, yay. Melvin Gordon, bad. <laughs> uh, and then you, yeah, you just you went ham. Besides Danny Dimes and uh, Jared Goff. You had Ramondre Stevenson, which was huge. Uh, Corderell Patterson, which was serviceable. Uh, Claypool, uh, Renfro, Tony, all not great. Uh, but Cole Kmet, yeah, almost got a hundred points, so decent. Um, so yeah, but yeah, so your your two QBs, just for reference here, I was taking PPR fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Danny Dimes had two hundred ninety four. Jared Goff had two hundred ninety. My team had like 646. Like total. That's like insane. just yeah. And and if I remember correctly, we put up a poll in all in all the leagues that mm-hmm. were like, hey, whose team do you think you want? I think my team is the only one who like didn't get a vote at all. I was like, wow, does everybody think I really did that bad? I remember you specifically voting for yourself. I did vote for myself in every league. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was the only vote I got. Everyone was like, oh yeah, I'm like. I think you got the most, and a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, it's a sleeper, and they're like, Eric sucks. And then... <laughs> well, yeah, no, the D- Danny Dimes and Jared Goff combo, yeah, taking two... Uh, I mean, those are just great QB calls by you, taking two, like, sleeper QBs and having them end up, like, I think they finished, like, 10-11. Yeah. So, yeah, th- those are just two great calls. Well, number one, never vote for the team that has Matt Ryan on it. That is a good call. Probably don't vote for the team that has Drew Locke on it as well. That's probably... That's our lock of the week.
69.